Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, Successful Life Podcast is a space where you can hear stories from badass entrepreneurs and influencers that collectively have millions of listeners and followers. You get to hear their backstories and where they are currently. We discuss how precious your life is and crucial it is to live with a purpose and die knowing the person looking in the mirror today. This is the successful life. Corey Barrier, yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your time to live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I'm here with Sean Henry. And he, what's up, Sean? What's up, brother? How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So Sean, um, Sean's a, a fellow Arte brother, as you can see on his hat. Uh, well, those of you that are listening, you will not see that. But anyway, you you know by now what that means. So Sean's got a pretty impressive story from what I have learned, which has not been much. Um, he's pretty up and coming dude in the solar industry. Is that correct? Yes, sir. I mean, we actually, um, Inc. Magazine just named us number one in the state of Florida, privately owned, and number five in the nation. And then uh, we're the 179th fastest growing company in the United States right now. I would say it's kind of impressive. Yeah, man. We're, <laughs> cranking, we're cranking right now. We're kicking <laughs> ass. You know what I mean? It's uh, I call it a champagne problem, right? It's just one of those issues that, you know, you're growing so quick. You know, there's a lot of calamity. There's a lot going on. But, you know, when you're making the money that we are, you know, we're growing and we're employing people that we are, you know, it's the champagne problem to me. It's a good problem to have. Uh, it is extremely stressful, though, because we've grown over 2,300% the last two years. Wow. You know, dealing with, with you know, the money that we're dealing with, it, it became extremely stressful, uh, you know, cash flow purposes, because we have to carry every job. For pe- those of you that are listening that are in construction, you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, you know, you got to carry the cash in almost every job, you know, for 30 to 90 days before you even see any money. So, so what does that mean? So, so educate me on what it, I'm not in construction, so I don't know what that means. So educate me. So, all right. So in a construction industry, whether you're in solar roofing, um, you know, you're a builder, you, you typically, you carry the project from front to end, right? In our industry, we deal with finance companies where, you know, 90% of our homeowners will finance the project. So we front all the material, the commission costs, the costs for the installers, rolling the vehicles, gas, insurance, yada, yada, yada for the life of the project, which usually we don't see our money from the finance company for anywhere from, you know, 45 to 90 days, depending on how quick we get that job done. 
So if you're not, you know, calculated with that, you're not dialed in on your financials. Um, you know, that's why you see, a, that's why you see a lot of these construction companies that are fly by night, a lot of solar companies that are fly by night that go out of business because they're not good at managing their money. Um, you know, uh, I used to be horrible at it, man, to be honest with you. Um, there was a point we almost went out of business because we were mismanaging our money. We brought in a CFO, a business strategist. And ever since we've filled those two key roles with these two key people, um, we've been growing. Our cash flow has been uh, amazing. And then also our, our profit margins. We've seen about a 33% margin go up since we bought in the business strategist, which uh, I feel like that's one of the best moves that I've made so far as uh, you know, the founder and CEO of this company. So Sean, like, let's circle back for a second. So 2,300%, like I can't even imagine you know, when a company grows 100% or 50%, they're excited. Right. 2,300? Like, I don't even know how, I don't even know how you manage to keep everything, all the balls in the air, so to speak. You know what it was? I think we just put a blindfold on and we were trying to hit that pinata and get the candy, but the blindfold stayed on. So we were just swinging, 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 swinging. Um, and eventually we, we busted the pinata and, uh, we got all the candy and then we started figuring out who's doing what, who's getting what pieces. And, uh, you know, going through a growth phase like that, man, it's, you know, uh, it's extremely stressful. And it, like I said, if you're not calculated and you're not prepared for it, it could put you out of business. We did last year, we did $18 million. And there was a point last year that I thought we might've had to close the doors because we grew way too fast. Thank, thank the Lord we didn't, uh, you know, praying every night and, us all sticking together as a team and making it through is one of the most trying years of my life, but we made it through that point. And that's what's made 2019 so beautiful too, man. This year has been a great year for um, not only my business, but for my personal development, obviously with Arte. Sure. And, you know, I used to have extremely high blood pressure this year. Every time I go to the doctor, I'm, I'm normal now. I'm not, I'm not living my life filled with stress. I'm more kind of living, you know, fulfilling the stuff that I, I want to do and, you know, running the company stress-free now opposed to last year where it was like all hands on deck. The red light was flashing constantly. Alarms are going off, you know, so it's been a, it's been a great year this year, man, to say the least. Congratulations, dude. That's fantastic. I am shocked to hear that your blood pressure went down this year with the growth. So, you know, I don't know how, no offense, I don't know how you would get excited other than the money about solar. So tell me how, like, how did you get into this or better yet? Let's just go ahead and dive right into who the fuck you are, Sean. Man, well, <laughs> Sean Henry, for those of you that don't know me, uh, I was born in Toronto, Ontario. Um, I was raised by a single mother up until I was uh, nine years old. We met my stepdad who was a professional hockey referee, right? I'm a kid. I'm growing up in Toronto. Hockey's obviously my favorite sport. My mom worked at the Marriott at the airport, met an NHL referee. They fell in love. He brought us to Florida. So I'm like living the dream, right? I got this rock star of a stepdad. Um, you know, he took me and my mom out of poverty. My mom, you know, waited tables, you know, to make ends meet. So we moved down to Florida. Um, from the time I was nine till I was about 15, everything was great, man. I mean, we lived a great life. Um, you know, we were above middle class a little bit living in that that, you know, kind of that area, we had a boat, you know, we had a nice house in Florida, we had three cars, like just, you know, a little more than average family. Um, 
then when I turned 16 years old, um, that's when everything started crashing down around me and in my life. My stepdad got caught cheating on my mom um, by the NHL. He ended up getting fired, lost his job. They ended up getting divorced. So this guy was such a pivotal role in my life because I loved him so much because he, he showed me how to be a man. He showed me, you know, how to uh, bring humor out and everything. So I really looked up to this guy. So when all this went down, I was heartbroken, man. I mean, I moved out after that happened and they were getting divorced. Um, they were both trying to buy me whatever the fuck they could. Uh, excuse my language. They were just trying to, you know, immerse themselves with me and kind of make me sway sides. And I ended up moving out on my own at the age of 16 years old. Um, when I did that, man, I thought I knew everything, man. I thought I was a grown man. I was going to be able to handle myself. Well, let's just say from the age of 16, I don't want to get into too many details to the time I was 25. I've probably been arrested more times than, you know, you can count on your hands because I was reckless. I was hanging out with the wrong people. Um, I was doing the wrong stuff. So went through that portion of my life. Um, 25 hit. I got sick of being in trouble constantly, man. I got sick of, you know, going through life, you know, wondering if, you know, I'm going to be in jail, if I'm going to, you know, be dead or get into a fight on the weekend or, you know, yada, 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 you know, kind of what little shitheads do, man. I was just, I didn't care about anything else except for wanting to be cool and wanting to run with my crew. Um, just so you know, years. Sean, you and you and I are 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 our stories are, are similar in that in and out of jail and like I've had three DUIs and called traffic and cocaine. So yeah, I, I get yeah, it. I get it. Openly talk about same thing, man. So I got a DUI. Uh, what changed my life was when I turned twenty five. I had uh, been arrested with seventeen felonies. Okay, they were all very serious. They were. Um, I was in a car that had a lunchbox in it. It was my car. It wasn't my lunchbox, but it's my car. And it had 10 Adderall and seven Xanax in that lunchbox. <clears throat> I didn't know it was in my car. So I got pulled over. They ended up finding this lunchbox, um, you know, putting it all on me. Um, you know, by the grace of God, at that time, my fiance, her uh, best friend had prescriptions for these and they were hers. It was my girlfriend's lunchbox. She wasn't in the car. I didn't know whose it was, but they pinned it on me. So thank God Logan went down there, um, showed her prescriptions and they dropped all the charges. At that moment, I'd already been in trouble so much in my past. That was like that defining moment that was like, fuck this. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to feel like this. I'm not that type of person. Um, so I started working at Verizon. I found a mentor by the name of Cheyenne Jenkins. He owns the local area where I live. He owns about 40 Verizon stores. Um, I was always a hustler my whole life, man. Always, always chased money. I've always been like that. Um, this guy taught me how to be a leader. He taught me how to, um, you know, empathize with people. He taught me not to lie. I think that's the biggest thing he's ever done for me is I always tell the truth, no matter what. I'm a big believer in the truth. So shut you free, no matter what you're doing. It just makes you feel better. If you, you know, you, uh, you know, take the last cupcake, you know, tell the person, Hey, who ate my last cupcake? I did, you know, I, even the other extreme. If you, if I were to ever kill somebody, which I would never, but I'm one of those people, I'd have to get that off my conscience because I'm such a big believer in clearing my soul of just that negativity and that weighing me down on me and being like, what type of person am I? I'm the guy that's going to lie. Or am I the guy that's going to keep it real with you? 
and basically tell you what it is. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So really quick, um, I'm tr- I was trying as you were talking, but as you said the Verizon thing, I was like, okay, so what age was it that I started working in wireless? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I want to say that I was probably 22. And so we're not far off. It was just ironic because now was it, was it, were they Verizon stores or was it an authorized agent? Authorized agent. Me too. Sales. Um, yep. they're absolutely amazing to be honest with you. I still, what I do now is I cross market with them. Me and Cheyenne still have a great relationship. Um, and I'll get into that in a second. But what he did for me was he saw, I was rough around the edges, right? I was, came from a, I was like a street kid at this point selling drugs and whatever I could. And he just saw something in me and he said, listen, man, he's like, you're a hustler. He's like, I want to turn you into a leader. He sent me to a Dale Carnegie high impact presentation course. That was an 18 week course that literally changed my life. You know, he put me in this course. And since that moment, I've never gone back from not being a leader. Like since my first class and going in there and being like, wow, I really love this. That started my self growth journey basically. Um, And then how I got into solar from that, was <clears throat> something happened at work one day um, at Verizon. I, I got in a, a argument, you know, fight with somebody at one of the one of the state fairs we were working. Um, I wasn't feeling it anymore. I've been there for almost eight years. I didn't get the promotion that I wanted, right? So I got all in my feelings, place, blah blah blah. You know, taking one of those the route of you know being being the coward kind of I'd be like screw this this is you know it's this isn't my fault i wasn't prepared for the interview the guy that beat me out everybody thought i was going to get the position everybody everybody if there was a a, a voting scale i would have gotten 99 out of the 100 votes but what this guy did is he showed up he had a business plan he was prepared he was ready to go i showed up just with my pure talent thinking i was going to get the position well guess what i didn't get the position so I went and started working for the solar company locally. This is about seven years ago. Um, they were they were doing everything the wrong way. They were screwing people over, lying to homeowners, falsifying savings. Um, and at that point, I just, you know, I liked what it was because you can help people, right? Like now we help people. Back then we weren't. We were screwing people over. So I'll never forget it. I was sitting in the last meeting I went to. Um, the owner came down. He was a real jackass. And he started yelling at people. If you didn't know the script, he'd throw you out of the meeting. So I was like, man, screw this. If he calls on me, I didn't know the script, but I was their top sales rep, right? I was one of their top guys. So I said, if he calls on me in my head, if he calls on me and tries to rip me, you know, I'm leaving. Sure as shit. Tried calling me out, tried making me feel stupid. I said, you know what? Screw this. I'm out. I quit right there on the spot. As I was walking out, I was thinking in my head, I was like, if these guys can do this, I can do this and I can do it the right way. I just need to figure it out. Right. And I was preview to a little bit of information prior from uh, the president of their company. We went out and had drinks one night. He told me like how they got qualified, like how to kind of, how, how to figure it out. And I was smart enough to say, okay, I'm going to put this in my back of my little piggy bank back here. And uh, I went man and started efficient home services of Florida. And it wasn't as glorious as everybody thinks it is now, you know, now we're doing about 30 million a year. Um, You know, my first three years I failed miserably, I think. At the end of my second year, I was negative $17,000 on my account. I almost quit. Um, but, man, I kept fighting, dude. I'm a Leo. Uh, you know, if anybody, you know, talk about your sign like a Leo is. We don't quit. We're very abrasive. We're very abrupt. Um, and we're extremely driven. And, you know, I went 
And I met this guy by the name of Andrew Wilson. So to this day, we're very, very close. Um, he owns a large tech company, very large. That's, you know, they do all the back end stuff for ADT, Protect One, all the security companies. They do what's called the pass through, right? They communicate with the monitoring station to the homeowner's home. And it's kind of a little niche that he has. It's, it's extremely smart. So I almost quit. I was like, you know what? Screw this. I had a offer for a hundred thousand dollars, 110 grand a month or a year salary to go work for this guy, Jeff Knight, who's a local guy here who, you know, I've known almost my whole life. Very, very successful businessman where I'm from. Um, and this guy, Andrew pulled me aside and he's like, listen, man, he's like, listen, mate, he's Australian. He said, business was easy. He's like, everybody would be doing it. He's like, you're not going to quit. He's like, you have, you're onto something very big. He's like, here's a $3,000 check. Take this check, go open a new bank account. Okay. Don't, you can't close the other one. Eventually you're gonna have to pay that off. So when I did this, I took this money from this man. I only know in one day, I met this guy one day and he wrote me a $3,000 check. And the crazy part about it, though, and I'll get back to the story, is we are exactly 10 years apart, born on the same day, and both of our mom's name is June. What? Fucking crazy, huh? That's fucking crazy. Odd name, right? And then we're both exactly 10 years apart, born on the same day. He's from Australia, and I'm from Canada. So it was just, it was meant to be, right? It's just one of those things where the universe put this guy in my life for a reason. 100%. So, it's crazy, man. And he's such a cool dude, you know, such a, such a great guy. So I took that check. I went and deposited in uh, bank of America who I bank with now started that account. And then man, all of a sudden, man, the universe started working for me. I got three phone calls for referrals from past customers that had people that wanted, we started with blown in insulation, uh, solar attic fans. We didn't do anything else. We didn't do solar at this point. <clears throat> so I think I made like 18 grand that week, right? I paid off all my, I'm a big person. I don't have any debt nothing um can you hear me yeah yeah yeah. sorry sorry, my internet said it was unstable but it's back okay so um went and paid off the other account then i went and i partnered with a local solar company called 3d solar they're still around town but we're a lot we're a lot larger than them now so uh partnered with them and i was i was fulfilling about 80 percent of their their sales right i had a good great sales team um and they were allowing me to use their financing. So I think the first week when I started selling solar um, with my company, we did like $125,000. And I got back then, you could fund the money right away. Before the project was even done, I could click a button and all the money would come into my account. So that's what got me started, man. I faked it till I made it. I funded jobs uh, prematurely, got my cash flow going to the $125,000, went and hired a door knocking team, um, went and got my, you know, in an office and, you know, now... I think we start. We started out of a closet seven years ago, and now we have over twelve thousand square feet of office warehouse. You know, I got four other offices around the state. Um, you know, so it's like, and I'm a huge believer, man. Like, I'm not special. Like we talk about in Arte, like I'm just a hard worker. I got my GED, man. I didn't even really graduate high school. I went to college for one semester, and all I did was sleep in class. You know what I mean? Like, I'm a huge believer on just working hard and staying true to yourself, man. And you know, and, and believing in yourself. I mean, at the end of the day, if you don't believe in yourself, then you have no business being in business, you know? Very true. Very true. So that's, that's the short version, but that's, you know, at the end of the day, man, it's, uh, it's been a hell of a journey and it's been, it's, I still haven't taken time to like really reflect on what I've built. You know, everybody's always like, man, you need to, you need to celebrate the victories. You need to take time and really reflect. I don't have time because we, we're still growing so much. Right. Right. 
you know, the time will come when you're able to do that. But right now, yeah, I, I get that. Um, do you ever feel burnt the fuck out? I mean, do you ever feel like, I mean, not really why am I doing this? Because I know the why is that you're helping people, but you've grown so much. I mean, there's only 24 hours in a day. Yeah. So between me and you, man, I went through a state of depression these last couple of months, man. And I said, not between me and you and everybody listening. It's so weird. I was posting about it and it just was crazy. I've never, I've never been depressed in my life and I've been going through a lot, you know, um, with the business, the growth, my personal life, going into Arte, coming back, not, not being able to conversate with my friends the same, like it was just, and I'm such a, big friend to person. Like we have such a large group. We used to go out every weekend. I'm just not into that shit anymore. Right. I, I want to be successful. I want to grow this company and I want to be in Forbes. I want to be an entrepreneur mag. I want to leave my footprint on the planet. And I was really going through some shit, man. Like I've never been to a point where it's just, you know, I'd wake up every day and just, you know, it hurt to get out of bed or I'd, you know, didn't want to take phone calls because I just didn't want to talk to anybody. I just wanted to be alone or, you know, I'd sit in my house. There was like three months in a row. I didn't go out. My girlfriend would be like, what's wrong? I'd be like, I just don't want to go anywhere. I don't want to be around anybody. And it finally hit me. I'm just like, I'm fucking depressed, man. Like, is this what depression really is? Yeah. And, um, you know, I talked to Andy about it when we were at the St. Louis event, we had lunch. And, you know, kind of brought it up to him and, and, you know, cause I know he battles through the same stuff and he just kind of clarified, clarified it for me, man. Like it is a roller coaster. It's never just going to go away. You're always going to have your days and your moments, but you've got to break that cycle, right? It's always a cycle when you get stuck in a rut. And if you can't break that, you're always going to be in that rut. Um, so I had to find a way to break it, man. And, you know, it was crazy. It was like two and a half weeks ago. I woke up one morning, it was a Monday morning and I, I just felt different. And it's because that weekend prior, I said, you know what? I'm going to go do what makes me happy this weekend. I'm not fucking working. I'm going to go do, I'm going to go do whatever. I, I don't even gamble. And I went to the fucking casino. <laughs> like, that's just something in my head. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to go blow some money. Like, I'm just going to do things that I like, you know? So I just started doing random stuff that I don't normally do that I thought would be fun. And I woke up on that Monday morning. I had clarity again. I was happy. I, you know, building my relationships back with my friends because I kind of alienated them too. And just kind of was like, dude, you guys, they don't understand. They didn't understand what, you know, what we go through. One is entrepreneurs, you know, yeah, they're they're your friends, but you don't spew all the negative shit on them all the time. It's always, you know, that's not, that's not what they're there for. And, um, two going to Arate and meeting all high level people and meeting people like yourself that, you know, have a story that understand business, that understand what it's like to want to grow into something more than just being a regular average person. Um, you know, that gave me hope, but then coming back and coming back to my friends and society back here, it was fucking tough, man. It's tough to, it still is a little tough because one, I feel like some of them admitted to me that they felt a little bit um, intimidated by the whole Arte crew. Okay. Uh, they that felt, makes sense they felt like they were losing me as a friend and they didn't know how to, how to speak on that. And then at the same time I was kicking them out of my life because I felt like I had to in order to be successful, which that's not the case, right? If anybody's listening and you're, you're in Arte and you're going through that roller coaster where you're like, I'm going to get these people out of my life and they've been your friends since you were kids. There's a happy medium that you guys can meet at. It's not, you don't have to just kick them out of your life. Now, if they're negative people, and there's all this, there's all the time they're just putting shit on you and they're, they're bringing you down they're, they're having you make bad decisions. Then those are the ones that have to go. 
But if it's just you in your head like I was, man, I could have saved myself a lot of heartache and I probably wouldn't have been as depressed if I would have just realized that in the beginning and realized that I don't have to get rid of these guys. You know, they may not want the same stuff I do, right? They probably don't, you know, or they do, or they just may not have what it takes, you know? I don't look, know. I mean, you know, you said something super important there, you know, it, I think that, and I'm speaking from my own experience, it's, again, it's fairly ironic how the two of, like, the two of us are so similar in, in, in parts of our lives. Um, you know, I went through, also went through, and I didn't realize, Sean, I didn't realize that's what I was going, I didn't realize it was depression because, I mean, I, I've dealt with depression a long time ago, but I just, it's been so long, and I don't, know if you know my whole story but i'll give you a quick just a quick idea i sold my hormone replacement clinic last all uh october and or my part of it and and it's a longer story than that i didn't it my partner and i had a split it was terrible whatever it was supposed to happen and so this whole year i've been working on myself but during that year this last year i've been I've been I, I same situation, a mild depression until I went to St. Louis. And once I went to St. Louis, I made a decision that weekend that I was going to change, that I was just going to, I was going to have no expectations. And, 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 and now my life is completely turned around because I let go. You just said the exact thing that I, I the whole conversation that I should have said is, setting the expectations for other people and on yourself, I feel like puts you in a state of depression because if they don't execute on your expectations, it makes you feel some sort of way, right? If you don't execute on your expectations, it makes you feel some sort of way about yourself. And I think, you know, you saying that, I think that's what I was going through. I'd set these expectations for these guys and they wouldn't follow through, but that's not there for, that's not what they want, right? That's what I wanted for them. So just hearing you say that, man, that that is what it's about. And, you know, I feel like I'm getting better at that is not setting the expectations for other people except for myself. And maybe that's why I've come out of that state of depression as well. But another thing is I made a post, right? I'm going to read this to you. Please do. On Instagram, I really put myself out there when I was going through this because I felt like, you know, so many people look at guys like me and you and other highly successful people and probably think like, damn, these guys got it all, right? Why, why, why is he sad? Why, he's de- why is he depressed? Well, people understand we deal with a lot of shit, right? People just don't know about it. They may see posts and cool shit or I have cool cars or I have you know, jewelry or I have a nice house. Like all that's just material things. That's nothing of substance to me that fulfills me, right? That is just, that's stuff that makes me happy for a short amount of time. And then, you know, eventually the happiness goes away and then I got to buy something else to make me happy, right? So- me and you talked about this. You just said it about, you know, depression and you don't know that, that you were depressed. Right. And here I said, right. When I started it, I said, I suffer from depression by looking at the picture above. And it's one of the pictures I posted. It's actually my picture on Instagram. You would never guess. And this is the exact picture has taught me that depression can wear many masks, right? You never know who's depressed. You don't know who's going through what, me and you could walk around with smiles on our face all day and see each other in public, but behind closed doors, I could be putting a gun to my head every, you know, 45 minutes and, and you know, crying. And you know what I mean? Like people just don't know, um, you know, and since I've gone through that, my depression state, I'm very, very, I want to say I'm more 
I don't want to say friendly because I'm, I'm just a naturally friendly dude, but I'm more open with people now when I have conversations. I'm not so standoffish, right? Before I'd be that guy that if I didn't know you, I wouldn't really talk to you. Now I want to get to know people more because I want to try to impact people that may seem happy, but low key could be extremely depressed, man. You know, I mean, there's probably people that we have conversations with on a daily or phone calls, even some of the RTA people, they just, people don't want to talk about it because it makes them seem weak. You're right. And you know what, this is the thing, you know, when you, when you say hello to that person that you don't know, that hello could be the one thing that changes that depression for them. That's it. You know what I mean? I mean, or that conversation that follows that hello, you just never know what kind of impact you can have on somebody because like you said you don't know what they're going through that's i I feel like you know that's something i've been battling as i'm growing into a leader too is being more cautious about what comes out of my mouth around certain people or how i you know speak to somebody or how i shake their hand or if i'm in a group setting or you know i have 100 employees you know there is times where i've walked in and i've treated people differently from one person to somebody that's standing right next to them. And that's not right. And that's something that as a leader, I'm getting better at. You know what I mean? Like I have my sales reps. I have people at my call center here. I have all my installers out of here. And there is times where I, you know, I'll favor my sales guys because they bring in the money. But then I don't think, well, I wouldn't, they wouldn't be out selling if my call center didn't set the leads. And then they, I wouldn't be getting paid if my installers didn't go out and finish the projects. Right. So, you know, it just takes me sometimes to reflect. And sometimes I get out of that, that mode of reflection where it's like, I'm so stuck in the moment and I'm, you know, being nice to one person, but then I always catch myself. I always catch myself and I try to make it right. But you know, I'm still on that journey, man. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, not only who I am, but what I'm meant, like, why am I here? Like, what, what is my bigger purpose? What's my purpose? You know, am I here just to run a solar company and employ people and help people create jobs? Or am I here to change the world? Am I here to put a footprint? You know, I'm still battling that. And it's, uh, I feel like it comes with time. You know, I know Andy all of a sudden just one day didn't wake up when he first started, you know, supplement company and say, you know, I'm going to change the world. I'm going to motivate all these people and speak the truth and, you know, you know, kind of change how society thinks and feels and all this, you know, he grew into that over time. And I feel like that's what I'm doing. And I think he's given all of us in Arte um, a bigger purpose and seeing like, okay, business, this isn't it. This isn't it for all of us. We're in a movement right now and we're going to continue this move movement. We're going to do it all together. And we have all our brothers and sisters. Um, and it's fucking badass, man. It's probably, it's the coolest thing I've ever been a part of. And, and I'm honored to be a part of it. I'm honored to even be sitting here and speaking to you about it. Like, you know, dude, it's my pleasure. So you said something interesting, or actually you made me think of something interesting when you just said, I don't know what you said, but anyway, you, when you mentioned something about Andy and so Andy had said, I it was listening to the end of the podcast today of the first one. Yeah. And, and he said, um, he said, you know, I, from three years ago, I've changed. He said, I'm not the same person. And what's interesting about that is that last night I was watching. Um, so I've been, I've been sober for over 10 years. Right. And so I'm starting this with uh, another lady, a friend of mine, we're starting a like a recovery thing online. And so I'm, I was re or was watching a video about infinite intelligence. When I say that, do you know what that means? No. Well, infinite intelligence, meaning, 
continuously growing your mind and becoming more intelligent or is it? Well, so, right. So that's actually what I, 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 I just assume, I, I actually didn't know what the hell it was, to be honest with you. And I've heard the words many times, but what it is, is it, it it's a, it's an idea that are people, the, the infinite intelligence is God, a God, whatever you want to call it, universe is one and we're all oh fuck i'm gonna mess this up but essentially it the the way i could tie it in is is andy saying what he said that he changed from three years ago he's not the same person it's kind of like infinite intelligence to an extent i i didn't explain it very well i probably should watch the video again but essentially it's 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 how people perceive themselves as god not like not like i'm holier than thou but if God is one and the one is God, I'm part of that one. Yes. I get okay. It. Hopefully that made sense to everybody who's listening anyway. So, uh, yeah. So the point is, I think that's exactly what Andy was saying. Yeah. Is that, you know, when he said I've, I've changed, we all change and we all evolve and we all grow. And that's the point, right? Attention contractors of the Successful Life Podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, SuccessfulLifePodcast.com, and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. That is true, man, because you got to think like so. In our first summit, we saw Dr. Joe Spinanza speak, and what really caught me about about his speech was, you know, your mindset and changing your mind and forward thinking and visualizing what you want out of life, and it started happening for you, right? And it got me thinking, he spoke on, you know, when you were a kid, no one taught you how to fucking unscrew a water bottle and screw it back on. Your mind, you just train yourself, and you train and train and train, and then Take it into everything that you do, right? Everything in life, you evolve every day. I even find myself, as the older I get, I get wiser every year, you know? And wisdom comes with age, obviously. And I feel like that's, you know, what Andy's speaking of about. But you can also fast track that with, you know, your reading, your self-growth, your, you know, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. Like, you know, I'm a very introverted person. People that meet me, they're like, you're an introvert? I'm like, fuck yeah. I don't like being out in public. I don't like being around people between me and you, Corey, I don't like people. I really truly don't. I tell my girlfriend all the time. She's like, why, you know, why you're so polite to everybody. I'm like, yeah, because that's a reflection of me because I love myself and I'm going to portray myself as who I want people to be to me. And everybody's not like that. Right. Yes. I fucking still to this day. If people don't hold the door open for me, I get pissed. I say something every, I can't help it. I can't help it because I'm that person. I'll hold the door for a couple minutes. If I see you coming, hey, I got I got the door for you. You know, and then there's people that don't say thank you. I get gotta say it. Like, yeah. Hey. I agree, dude. I agree. It's like, you know, Nabavi with the shopping cart. You know, he did that. I love that. It me too. I one hundred percent. You know what? I've been doing that for years. I'd always put people's carts back, or I would go and if I saw a cart set in the parking lot, I'd bring it up. It's not even my cart. That's just who I am as a person. So when he came out with that that really hit home for me. And I thought that was amazing. Shout out to you, Brian. I mean, that was, 
you cause the movement with that still to this day. I mean, even some of my friends, they'll even be like, Oh, look, put the cart back. So this doesn't only, it didn't just touch me, but now, you know, I got to reflect, I got my friends, you know, taking what he did and saw me do it. Now they're putting carts back, you know, and it's just, it was cool to see, man. But that is true. I mean, you are, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Totally true. And when Andy, dude, when he said that and he was like, look, you know, if you don't wipe the piss off the seat, you're going to do everything like that. And one day I almost walked away without wiping the piss off. And I'm like, fuck, dude, takes two seconds. Yep. That or even just putting your napkin in the trash can, putting whatever you miss the trash can. Like, yeah, here in my office. So we had a situation last week where us in the men's bathroom on the toilet seat. I was fucking pissed to say the least, because it's like, we just had to talk about it the week prior. This is a dedicated men's room. So how, as a man, are we not putting the seat up to take a leak in the men's room? And if you do, are you that ignorant to not wipe it off? And it was a big deal. I ended up writing a kid up and it was, um, you know, he got upset with me because I embarrassed him in front of the whole building because I wanted it to be known. Like, this is not acceptable here. We, we pick up after ourselves, you know, we're going to wipe the piss off of the toilet seat. If you miss putting the napkin in the trash can, go pick it up. If you see somebody that didn't do it, go pick their mess up too. Is that the, that's the type of person people we need. We need those types of people in society right now. So bad. So bad. And then, you know, the whole Peloton thing, when Andy was talking about that, that really opened my eyes. So I actually don't, you know, I saw Amanda post about it, but I didn't see what Andy, what, what the hell happened? Okay. So to me, he's a hundred percent correct because people are getting soft. Okay. So there was an ad that Peloton put out where it's a Christmas ad. The wife or the husband got the, got the wife a um, Peloton for Christmas. And he said, I just want you to be healthy. I want you to lose some weight. I don't find anything wrong with that. Nope. You know, I went to my girlfriend and said, hey, babe, here's a Peloton. I just want you to be in shape and healthy. She'd be like, oh, I fucking love you. Like, thank you. We can do this together. Right. You know? <laughs> but what happened was society and the soft ass people and everybody that was opinionated and the masses and the people that don't do shit with their lives that have the time to just berate companies on social media and don't, you know, they want to be up in everybody's business. They cost Peloton over a billion and a half dollars overnight. What the fuck? Peloton because of that ad lost $1.5 billion overnight, you know, over just that ad. It wasn't an ad of, you know, uh, a colored man coming in and stealing the Peloton and blah, blah, blah. Like that something would be extremely offensive. Or look what I'm getting my family for Christmas. Right. You know, somebody running a school bus, a kid, or, you know, maybe having an overweight kid and a teacher being like, you know, I I don't even know. They fat ass, you need to get on a bike. Like that, I could get that. But, you know what I mean? But it was simply a husband and a wife that wanted to be healthy, wanted to be healthier. And, you know, people took that ad and just ran with it. And honestly, what he's, what Andy speaks about, and this is, I didn't even really think about this till he said it, you know, one out of those or five out of those six people that bash Peloton probably don't really truly feel that way. Right. Agreed. They probably don't. They probably have that one friend in the group that's like, you know, the leader of the group that may be opinionated and, they're like, oh, do you believe Peloton did this? Look at this. And that person's like, yeah, 
fuck, fuck them. Yeah, let's get online and rip them. Like, you know, they just jumped on Peloton. And, and it's a shame because that $1.5 billion, what these people don't understand, one, that's hurting our economy. Two, people are going to lose jobs. Lot of jobs. Like, that's a lot of jobs. It's around Christmas time. Like, you know, and I guarantee if you went to those people and we said, would you have written that if you would have known that, you know, Susie and Mike and their family would struggle through Christmas because you had an opinion on a fucking stupid video and decided to bash this company and they lost all this money and had to lay people off, they probably wouldn't do it at that point. But since everybody's, you know, keyboard tough guys these days and they're everybody's so opinionated, I mean, they kind of bash the company. Thank God Peloton's strong enough to make a bounce, to make a comeback and they're not, their uh, stock's going back up. But, you know, at the end of the day, man, I mean, it's, it's kind of sad to see that, you know, it's everything's so sensitive. You have to watch everything you say now. And that's something, you know, after seeing what happened to Peloton with my growth, I was thinking the other night, I was like, damn, I've said some offensive stuff or I do offensive things because I live my life how I want to live it, that damn, some people could do this to me one day. So I do need to be more careful, you know, and that's unfortunate because I feel like we should just be able to live our lives and be who we are. But society nowadays, they don't allow you to do that. Well, they actually know what I take that back. They do and they don't, right? Wow. You, have people, you have people like me and you that we can put our story out there and it resonates with other people. But I guarantee you that post that I posted about me being depressed, I even posted one about me being in, in trouble at some point, getting arrested, like, I'm sure people read that and are like, this guy's a piece of shit or I can't believe he would do that. Or, you know, like I've even had a customer before pull up my record and send it to me and said, this is why I'm not doing business with you. You know, you know how that made me feel and they uh, me. like that, that hurt. Like that to me is like, damn, like I'm a good dude. I donate 10 grand to all children's hospital every quarter. I feed the homeless on Thanksgiving and Christmas morning. Every year I go out of my way to take time away from my family my friends and I go and feed the homeless and then I get shit on because I have a past, you know what I mean? So stuff like that, you know, I wish society was more open instead of right away, just judging people on, you know, stuff on paper instead of actually meeting that person and truly seeing who they are because everybody makes mistakes. I feel like it's changing though, right? I feel like, first of all, it just it gave me goosebumps when you said that he pulled your record up because that, to me, I can completely identify because I have a felony and it says all clear as day, trafficking cocaine. So like, it, you know, I might as well have on there that I shot a bunch of kids. Like it's people equate it as the same thing, but I can't fathom somebody. You're, I can't, I know exactly how you felt because when you said it, I was like, fuck that's like the worst thing possibly I, I feel like that's probably one of the worst things that could somebody could do because you're they're assassinating your character without even yeah. knowing you that's it so that's i'm a big character person man i, I like andy said i hire uh, he hires and fires on character i'm the same way i will tolerate a lot i can tolerate you know mostly anything that people say about me as long as it's not a character issue because i'm a stand-up guy I believe in doing what's right all the time. Um, so when that happened, man, that was like a real kick in the nuts, man. That to me kind of was like, damn, like this person doesn't even know me. You're just reading what you see on paper. You don't even know the situations, which yeah, at the end of the day, they were my fault. I put myself in that situation hundred percent. Right. I don't shy away from that. Even if it was, wasn't my fault. If it wasn't my lunchbox, I was still there. I was still, you know, you know, I owned it. I own it. Um, and then also I've also had like prior, my ex-girlfriend, the, the girlfriend I have now, I'm going to end up marrying this girl. I've already asked her parents if I could marry her. They said, yeah. 
They're absolutely amazing family. I'm, I'm very blessed to have such an amazing person in my life. Um, my girlfriend before this, though, you know, her parents looked at my record, you know, in the middle of a dinner conversation. And I had to explain that. And I was so used to it at this point because, you know, getting into business and then I had to go, um, I got a couple million dollar line of credit from a bank. I had to go explain my record. And the coolest part though, and the difference between the two is when I explained it to my ex-girlfriend's parents, they were judgmental as shit, right? Mm. They live in like little fairy, like swear to God, these people live in like the princess Diana castle, like nothing bad could ever happen to us. The bankers, they fucking loved it, dude. They said, man, you're, for you to tell this story and be open with us like this says a lot about you. And they approved me for a $2 million line of credit right there on the spot just because of the relationship I built with these guys, right? So, you know, I'm a big believer in telling the story. I just, like we're just talking about with society, though, it's you're going to have your people that are going to understand it, and then they're going to say, man, this guy's a real stand-up dude. Look at what he's done. Look at the changes he's made. Then you're going to have some people that are going to be like, oh, we need to stay the fuck away from him. Once, once a bad person, you're always a bad person or, you know, whatever. I mean, just because we get in trouble doesn't make us bad people. It just means that we had, I feel like, a stupid lapses in our life where we weren't clearly thinking and we just got caught up in situations and, you know, we wanted to live a life at that time. Maybe that was an easy life for us where now it's like, I want to live a hard life. Like if that makes any sense, like I love the pressure of business I love being the, um, you know, the, the go-to, oh, we just got a five-star review. Um, I like being, yeah, dude, we're, we're crushing it right now. I love being, you know, the, um, the go-to for the company. I love the pressure. I like building, um, you know, and then also getting over the fear of having that record and just knowing now, like I'm at peace with it. If somebody brings it up now, now that I've already dealt with all this shit, I'd probably tell you to go fuck yourself. Yeah. My, it's so funny. My ex, my ex-wife, her parents did the same fucking thing. That bitch went. Excuse me, I shouldn't really say that. Meaning that it was her stepmom, but she went and dug up things that I had posted on the internet from like ten years ago, and it's like really, yeah, like yeah. what the fuck? Yeah. I was a kid, basically. R- right, like it was stupid. Did you know that Kevin Hart couldn't do the Oscars this year? He was supposed to do the Oscars because of something he posted 13 years ago because he made a comment about transgender people 13 years ago. So the Oscars pulled him out of doing the awards this year. You've got to be kidding. That's how sensitive society has gotten. You know, I thought it was going to be less sensitive with more of the transgender stuff coming out, more of the, the, the openly gay marriage, the... You know, I feel like the racism stuff, I feel like we're starting to get past that, right? Like, I feel like we're starting to get past, again, I mean, because the last two years, let's be honest, there was more racial hardships in the United States. And I feel like there had been in the last 20 years because of the police shootings and, you know, all that other shit we were dealing with. And now I feel like we're starting to come out of that again. And then now it's back to society being sensitive over fucking a husband telling his wife she needs to ride a Peloton stuff to worry about than you know hurting your wife or your girlfriend's feelings or not even hurting their feelings but recommending them hey i want you to be healthy right you know you know this day and time like people i feel like as a whole i think or at least people that we deal with we they want to be healthy like nobody that we deal with would find that offensive but i guess 
if we take, I guess I have to remove myself out of, out of the box, so to speak, that I'm in of the people that I surround myself with and look at the masses and the masses don't give a fuck if they're fat or not. They don't, they don't. And the masses, you know, the masses are, like I was saying earlier, they're the people that don't have shit going on that have the time to jump on people and to create that, that the negativity and, and, you know, I don't know. I made a post about it the other day. That's like, I don't have time to do that. No, I literally, I've never gone on another man's post or a woman's post or a company's post, even on Facebook, the news posts. I don't go on there and waste my time and write shit. Cause why? I don't have time. It's none of my business too. It's I agree. Not, it's none. It really isn't. I don't, you know, God, if I had to worry about what everybody else was doing, I'd go crazy. You know? Agreed. Yeah, dude, I have to, I was just going to say, I struggle finding time just to do my normal business posts on Instagram, much less do a post about somebody, about a, you know, I just, like you said, I don't have time to dip my nose in other people's shit because one, for two reasons, one, I don't have the time and two, I just don't give a shit. I don't care what, like, for, for the most part, unless you're in my circle or the RT group, I, I don't care what you're doing. Like, do do your thing. I don't care. Yep. Leave me the fuck out of it. But that's just me. I agree, man. And that's like, I, I feel like most RTA people are like that. I don't see anybody else jumping on anybody else's bullshit and ripping somebody else. Or, you know, we mind our own business. And that's probably why we are in RTA is, you know, we care about who's in this group. We care about the messages that we're putting out. You know, my message is a lot different from other people in RTA. You know, I'm more like an Andy. Like, I don't put up with shit. I don't make excuses. I'm very um, rough around the edges, I guess you could say. And I don't deal with drama or you know, people getting in their feelings. Like, I'm just, I was raised like that, you know? And then you have other people that are very methodical and very uplifting where I'm not as much uplifting. I'm just going to tell you how it is. Sure. From my experiences, you know? But listen, you know, so, you, you, you say know, that you're rough around the edges, but yet you give to charities once a quarter, you feed families on Thanksgiving, you feed families at Christmas. I mean, I would say that part of that rough around the edges part is not exactly there anymore. Maybe some of it. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like when I say rough around the edges, I think my messages that I put out because I am very, like if I get on something, I'm, I'm on there, I'm typing, you know, like, um, I'm going to send out the post that I have a pre-planned post. It's a, it's a naked baby picture. And I'm holding this bucket and it's labeled that you find this offensive. Right. And then I go on this rant of, you know, how soft society is these days and how this was the normal when I was growing up is my parents would take naked pictures of us. And, you know, you go over to your ex-girlfriend's house or you have your girlfriend come over and you're a kid. And you'd be like, you want to see pictures of my, look at Sean in the bathtub. You know what I mean? Nowadays, yes. nowadays you get judged if you do some shit like that. Fuck, you may go to jail. You know, so it's just like, to me, man, it is. It's gotten, uh, it's gotten a little soft, but, you know, I make sure my messages always come from, you know, me and my experiences. I know I have some friends that are influencers and, between me and you, man, their messages are fake and they're bullshit. I'll even call them out and even tell them, like, I got an argument with one last week. And he's a good friend of mine. And um, I'm arguing about the content he's putting out. I'm like, but you didn't live like that. And he's like, well, I did. I did. I'm like, no, you didn't. I was like, you weren't fucking cleaning toilets at 
gold's gym like it was your full-time job and you were homeless your mom's a fucking millionaire like it really pissed me off like bro my mom works in my call center legit you know and like i'm not i'll never say i just told you you know when i my years from when i was 10 and 16 were fucking great when i was a kid they weren't so good and then after 16 years old man i went i went through it but i put myself there right Sure. We have these influencers that speak these lies and this bullshit that is not true. And that to me is the worst thing you can do, not only for society, but also for yourself, because those types of people, they get stuck in those stories and then they truly start believing that, but that's not really who they are. Well, you know this, I mean? okay. So, all right. So to this exact point, Sean, do, when does it, when are the people going to find that? When are people going to find out? Cause they are going to find out. All, I mean, all you could do is Google somebody's shit these days and you can find out anything about them. Why would you, why would you portray I'm this when you know damn well you had nothing to, you weren't that at all. You're going to be found out. It's called incongruency. If I'm telling you something that's not true, my face will tell you it's not true. I'm like you, man. I can't even lie. I can't. Like, I'm just one of those. Like, I don't even have it. Um, I don't know, man, but people like that, it's just, it's, but those are the same types of people like, and this is this person I'm speaking of is also, you know, he provides a service. And, you know, in this conversation, I told him, I was like, he's asking me on a scale of business. I said, well, it's going to be tough for you to scale your business. He said, well, why? I was like, you're providing a service. And he's like, what does that have to do with anything? I was like, well, 100,000 other people provide the same service. And I'm starting to see a trend where people are undercutting, 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 undercutting. When you're providing a service and you don't have a product, that is extremely tough to scale because all I could go start a company and say, hey, he's charging 500 bucks. I'll give you the same results for 400. And then Susie's going to start a company and say, hey, he's charging you 400. I'll charge you 300 and give you the same results. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he got extremely offended with what I said and we haven't talked since, but dude, I'm keeping it real with you. You wanted my opinion. I'm telling you how I feel about it. You know, you got to, you got to go. If you want to be a millionaire, that's his thing. He wants to be a millionaire. He wants to be rich. Well, if you do, you got to go a different route because you're never going to do that doing what he's doing now. And, uh, you know, but people like that, they don't to hear the truth. The ones that are fake about who they are, they don't like to even hear the truth when it even comes from a friend or an outsider looking in, you know what I mean? It's because yeah. they aren't yeah. real on the inside with themselves. And, you know, they have to live with that though, too. At the end of the day, if they know they're, I couldn't do that. I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a whole nother level of, of, you know, I don't want to call them a psychopath, but kind of, they just get stuck in their fucking head and they believe their own lies. And then next thing you know, they think they're somebody else. And, you know I mean? I don't think you can fix people like that. I, really, I don't. Yeah, dude. I really don't. As you're telling me the story, I'm. I don't. I don't know either. Because if they're already buying their own bullshit, then who the yeah. fuck is going to convince them any different? Nobody. <laughs> you can convince yourself of it, then nobody can convince you of it, man. You know, we deal with. We have a couple hundred customers a month. We deal with, and you know, I see it every day with my with my service team. Is you can't. You, we call. You can't fix the end of the day you cannot you can beat a dead horse and you can tell these people the same thing over and over and over and show them the facts and the truths and everything behind it and they're still well that's not right that's not what i was talking about. and it's just like those are the types of people you just all right man you're right like you're right i'm not even going to argue with you you know i'm not one of those guys like i'll prove a point and then when they're like well no just i'm like all right well the argument's done then you know what you know it all that's fine you know so 
Thanks. Yeah, you, you, gotta, you, gotta, you gotta pick and choose your battles, my man. For sure. So, um, all right, well, let's go ahead and wrap up. Sean, what, um, you know, what would you say to somebody or, or the audience if they're going through that, that mild depression, what's something that you could maybe think of that would snap, you know, maybe snap them out of it? What can they do, somebody, whoever they are listening, um, if you could have told yourself something in that mild depression that you went through that would have changed the game, what would it be? I would, well, there's a couple things I would have done. One, I would have uh, taken my fitness a lot more serious. I feel like when I'm eating healthy and I'm going to the gym regularly and I'm doing my cardio at night, that kind of makes me feel better about myself and my body, right? And this has a lot to do with it. People don't understand that. Is when you feel good about yourself and you're, you're, you know, your muscles are tight and you're working out and you're eating good and you know you're making progress, it does something to your mind. Two, do what makes you happy, right? Do stuff, not what normally makes you happy in that instance, what you've been doing your whole life. Find other things you've been wanting to do and go fucking do them. Don't wait for anybody else. Just go do it. Go take some time for yourself and, uh, you know, and just kind of not beat yourself up over being depressed. I did that because I knew I was in a state of depression. And I was like, God, I would always say to my girlfriend, I was like, I got to get out of this. And she's like, how can I help you? I said, I don't need help. But mm. Right? Yeah. I really think that if I would have been like, babe, I need help. I, I like, can I go speak to somebody? Can I do this? I didn't. I was playing the tough guy role. And, you know, it took me finally breaking down. I haven't cried in probably 10 years. It took me breaking down finally, just like crying to her and just being like, you know, like, fuck, like, I need this, I need to snap out of this. And she goes, well, you know, what can I do? And I said, just support me, you know, keep me in line. Don't let me eat like shit. Make sure I'm going to the gym. Make sure I'm reading at night. Make sure I'm completing all my tasks. Because what I was doing when I was depressed, I was using that as an excuse not to push forward. Mm. Every day, I swear to God, I'd come in and, you know, I'd have, you know, I'd have to go over our financials or I'd have to do this and I'd push it off a day or two or do this or do that. And then I'd go to my CFO and I'd be like, listen, I'm sorry, I'm just depressed. Well, they don't give a fuck about that. They care right. about getting the job done so we can move the company forward, you know? So my biggest thing is if you're going through that, don't let depression be your excuse of being depressed, right? Figure a way out of it. Um, everybody's way is different, but I, I would definitely start with fitness and eating healthy because I'm telling you, I think that's when I started stop eating pizza and I st stopped eating the cheeseburgers and ordering Uber Eats every night when I was in that state of depression, I said, you know what? I'm waking up tomorrow. I'm going to the gym. I'm going to start meal prepping that week before that was like, okay, I was still depressed a little bit, but then that Monday I woke up, I feel like that stuff started triggering that. Right. I was feeling better about myself. You know, I, my gut went down a little bit and then, uh, you know, I went out that weekend, did a few things that I truly enjoyed. And, um, you know, I'm back to get back to being me now, you know, it, it takes a while though, man, it's a process. It's, you know, I'm about 90% back to being myself. Um, not a hundred percent. I mean, I think everybody knows when I'm posting on Instagram and I'm, I'm, you know, showing my stuff and I'm speaking in the mornings, I'm doing my walks. That's when I'm fully back, man. And you know, it's, it was just a dark spot. Everybody, you know what I mean? And that's why I got guys like you where we can have these conversations, man. And you know, if you ever see me or if I ever see you and you go rogue, I'll be calling you and be checking up on you as well. You know what I mean? Damn straight. And likewise, dude. Absolutely. It's, it's a, it's wonderful to be around people that do understand, you know, the thoughts that go through my head because yeah, they're the same shit that goes through your head. It's fucking cool as shit. It really is. 
the best part about it, about being an Arte is having people that you can have open conversations like this with, because if I go to my friends and have this conversation, it's like, a that's not a big deal. Right. When you've lived it, right? A lot of these Arte people, they have lived this life because we are all entrepreneurs at one point in time, you know, so that's what comes with being an entrepreneur and being in business is there is a side of depression. I don't give a fuck. Donald Trump is probably one of the most pivotal, pivotal, uh, influencers on the planet right now because he's the president of the United States. Right. But I guarantee you, he seems like he has, I guarantee you he goes through depression. You know what I mean? He does. He has to, you also have, you know, some of these LeBron James, one of the, the best athlete in the world. I guarantee you, he acts like, you know, media doesn't bother him. I guarantee you stuff that people say bothers him. And I bet you it did for a while, but he didn't come out and be like, you guys are depressing me because then he'd be weak. Right. And people judge him for being weak and he's not a leader. So it's just, man, it's just, you know, being able to speak about it and being open about it to the right people can also help too. I mean, I feel like, you know, being able to speak about it and getting it out and then realizing like, damn, like that felt good. Like when I cried, I telling you, man, like it felt fucking good. Dude, yeah, I've been yeah. so long, and I know it's it's the weak thing to do, but bro, it felt like the biggest weight got off my shoulders. Like, damn, I need I've been needing to get that out for years. Whether it's some issues I had from maybe my parents getting divorced, or issues I had with an ex girlfriend, or maybe issues I had within business that I didn't know were really affecting me. Like, you know, just getting that out and getting that off your back and moving forward has uh has really helped me. You know, yeah. and if anybody's listening and, you know, my Instagram's at Sean Henry EHS. If anybody's depressed or you guys are ever going through it, man, re- hit me up. Go read some of my posts. I mean, it kind of explains my one that I posted. I'll repost today some stuff that I went through and things that I felt. And, and you know, what really helped me was the self-growth and getting back into the gym and, and you know, kind of uh, keeping that level head. And what I always tell people, and I'll finish with this, is, you know, I've been up here before, right, where I thought I was the man, which I'm not, I'm not even close to being successful, where I'd go out every night, and then I'm the man in my local town, and then, you know, I've been at rock bottom, and now I just want to stay in the middle. I don't want to be up here, I don't want to be up here anymore, I don't want to be down here, I just want to be right in the middle, and I just want to stay there. Yeah, that makes that total sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, my man, well, Sean, thank you so much, dude, I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and uh i look forward to many more in the future i appreciate it Corey, man thanks for having me brother and uh i'll reach out to you this week man check up on you and let's keep kicking ass cool man thank you brother i'll talk to you soon yeah. all right later if you took anything away from this podcast make sure you subscribe leave a review and go check out some other episodes on successfullifepodcast.com this is the successful life Thank you for tuning into the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.